0: Hey everyone, and welcome. This is Pop Cast, where science fiction meets pop-, pop culture. We are a geek podcast for geek cu- culture, so are you ready to get your geek on? Sit back, r- relax, put on that Ninja Turtle onesie, warm up those chimichangas. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Pop X Cast. You are listening to Pop X Cast, where science
1: fiction beats pop culture. Pop Here we go! Pop X Cast. I was born in it, molded by it. Pop X Cast. It's for Earth. Smash! I'm Batman. By the power of Gray Skull, oh, I'm Excalibur. We're doomed. Cool. Gold here
0: at Tyrell More human than human is our motto. No, no, no.
2: Restless.
1: Here's Johnny. Never had a pet pony. Hasta la vista, baby. Popexcast. Captain's Log Supplemental.
2: Megasonic Teenage. What the sh-
1: I am the one who knocks. Excelsior! And
0: Excelsior, welcome everyone. This is cast coming to you on a Monday night. Oh my gosh, if you look at the windows, could it be... Could the team be a fully assembled? I believe it is. Oh my God! What's up, guys? What's up? Hey, Joe. What's going on, my friend?
2: Uh, I, I think it's great to have Lindsay back. Lindsay, my goodness, <laughs> it's good to have you back.
0: What's up, world? badges?
3: Okay, I'm glad to be back.
0: Yeah. So I hope it's everyone
3: had a good Christmas.
0: I did. Santa Claus was really nice to me this year.
3: Mm-hmm. All been good. I think he was it. really
0: good to me. He gave us a break for
3: 2020. He gave me a break. Naughty moments.
0: Naughty. (laughs) Kind of sound like Tim Carrey there and like a Home Alone 2. Naughty. Naughty. (laughs) naughty. Have a lovely day. Of course. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh man, this is so cool. This is going to be our official last podcast of 2020. And I do feel that we are going out with a bang. And this is uh, just so cool to have the whole team back together. As Lindsay's sporting that awesome Popex cast shirt, look at that swag she's wearing. That's awesome. But uh, so so, how how did everybody was was did you get what you wanted for Christmas? Maybe no, man I don't know. Maybe I did. Okay. I,
2: I I did. I mean, I requested some outlandish things that I didn't get. I told my wife to get me a three hundred dollar Captain America shield. That didn't happen. Wonder why. <laughs> Uh, but you know, all of the things that were actually manageable and make sense, okay. she got for me. So I, I was pretty happy, man. I was Well, happy. I mean, it's
0: reasonable. You, sometimes you just got to cast it out there and see where it goes.
2: Yeah. Well, she, I told her, she's like, give me a good reason for it. I said, well, if someone <laughs> breaks in, I mean, sure, I could use a gun, but I won't look as cool and I could wield the mighty shield and just knock him right out. So I thought it was...
0: But you, you, you could also channel your inner Captain Jack Sparrow as well.
2: Of <laughs> course. I could... I could get away from my room and then I'd fall asleep and they would probably run. <laughs>
3: <That's laughs> I just got some sparring gear for Christmas so I can keep some- Sparring gear?
0: Nice. So, so if you guys haven't known, Lindsay's been uh, kickboxing and she's I been do. kicking some kick serious kick butt, butt on the kickboxing I mean, none room
3: Even that aerobic jazzercise stuff,
0: it's like legit. I'm working with. You're not like prancercising, are you?
1: No, I'm punching okay.
0: and kicking people. Okay. Heart. Well, as long as you, as long as you're kicking people, I like not not prancerizing, then we're good to go there. <laughs> That's awesome. I guess Mike Mike had a a good Christmas too, but he's he's muted and he is definitely off the grid at the moment. So we'll we'll come back to Mike. Yes, yes,
3: he's in course. the back okay. storage room. He's in the storage. <laughs> he's
0: in the green room making coffee. All right, guys, let's get this show kicked off. Austin Burke, you are up.
2: Yeah, well, we are going to welp- welcome you guys to pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. I'm Austin Burke. I'm the Appalachian geek at heart. And we'd like to welcome everyone joining us live in the Live chat room. You guys can come hang out with us. Join the conversation at PopXCast.com. And come back because we're going to have plenty more shows in 2021. If this is your first time, first 20 minutes or so, we run down the headlines since our last show, uh, which was very recently. And then we dive into the show topic at the halfway point. And this week, that is a spoiler review for Wonder Woman.
0: <clears throat> yes, it's going to be. We're, we're diving deep in the world of Wonder Woman this week, and I can't wait yeah. to, to do that. Uh, I'm your host, Joseph Burke, Central Florida's seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast. Now, we're a part of an amazing network of creative collectives. Now, we're all from a vast expanse known only as the Creative Multiverse. Now, this network of creatives is lightly sprinkled with a little bit of talent that surpasses even what our own imaginations can even fathom. Now, for more information on the Creative Multiverse, visit us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Creative Multiverse. I do want to say really quick, we're doing something pretty cool for 2021, and we're hosting our second annual Artuary Art Challenge. Now, we did this last year. It went off really great. We had about 100, 150 people from all around the world participate in this. It was really awesome. But this year, we've got 31 new words for 31 days in January. And we're going to be starting this challenge all together on January the 1st. Now, if you want to see what everybody else is creating and see some pretty cool art, come join us at the Creative Multiverse over on Facebook groups. And we'll, we'll add you right away, and you can see all the art that everybody's creating So you get one word. So whatever that one word is, let me look here. I'll give you January 1st word, all right? So hold on. Uh, It's cheers. So it makes sense, right? It's New Year's, cheers, whatever. So what is everybody going to draw for that word? I don't know, but it's going to be cool. So let's get a part of it, all right?
3: Um, My favorite part about archery is that we get to see one word taken into multiple different mm. focuses and renditions yeah. of that same word. And so you get to see everyone's creative side. Yep. So, um, we had a blast doing it last year. I look forward to doing it this year, very much so. So, um, if you missed last week's, was it last week or week Last week. the <laughs> Time flies by so fast. Anyways, episode 111, 111. I can't believe we've even done that many episodes. It's crazy. Mandalorian Season 2 review, what a great show that was. Make sure you go and check it out on our official website at PopXCast.com for this show and all the other great past shows from the collective archive of PopXCast. And also be sure to head over to Google Play or iTunes after tonight's show and click on the subscribe button.
0: We're getting gift. Looks like we're getting gift cards here,
3: Lindsay. (laughs) (laughs) What? We're getting gift cards? (laughs) <laughs> wow
0: mike? mike you're so generous
3: i unlocked the secret password I, think. I, I guess you did um make sure you go and check out the rest of the shows in the archive and give us a glowing five star rating and review while you're over there on the itunes land we <laughs> thank you and all the love
0: oh geez mike I, mike never disappoints he does he he just never <laughs> disappoints does he that's just awesome. Oh, geez. I have nowhere else to go. All right, guys, don't go. Don't go anywhere. We got PopEx headlines coming up to you right now. Extra, extra. Read all about it. This is Ron Spurkeny. PopX News. Coming to you live right here on PopExcast dot com. Dude. I love, I freaking love you, Mike. You're awesome. All right, so Universal Pictures has successfully won the rights to the Russo's Brothers' forthcoming film adaptation of the graphic novel titled The Electric State, with Stranger Things star Millie Bobby Brown officially signing on for the lead role. Now, given that Brown and the directing duo's packed schedule, the studio is reportedly aiming to start production between the end of 2021 and early 2022. Now, first published in 2018, the Electric State novel is set in an alternative future where a teenage girl discovers a strange robot that was sent to her by her missing brother. She and the robot, they, they set out to find the brother in an imaginative world of humans mixing with all manner of robots, uncovering a grand conspiracy in the process. This sounds amazing just to start with. Uh, but uh, yes, I'm, a, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing anything Millie Bobby Brown. I mean, you just her her role in Stranger Things alone has just escalated her career to all new levels and heights. But the Russo brothers being on board with this, I'm kind of getting some um, some Alita Battle Angel vibes, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so Austin, what are your thoughts I on realize, this? I didn't realize Bobby Millie Brown was that short. She's yeah. Well, I mean you've. <laughs> If you if you look at the Russo brothers, I mean they are kind of towering individuals in the industry.
2: I mean no, no, I, I that's, that's good. I I'm excited because what I got from her in Godzilla wasn't necessarily what I wanted from her. That's not her fault. I think it was more a script issue. Um mm-hmm. this could be the role for me that kind of takes her from a great television star to a great movie star and we've seen what the brusso brothers have been able to do now they have cherry coming out tom holland that they're actually pushing for oscar consideration i'm excited to see what that is and this is like full-on sci-fi madness so all of these things combined to get me really excited uh, for this kind of movie and um everybody's always asking and i know it's based on something but maybe something that not as many people are familiar with we're always asking for something new right in the movie industry this feels new to me, and I like it a lot. I do, too. I like it. I think
3: it. it's all going to come down to how the execution is. Cause it could go really yeah. corny, or it could be a brilliant, mind-blowing thing. And I know For sure. they have a fantastic track record of doing amazing things, so yeah. I hope that it leads in that direction. What, what
0: I'm most impressed about it is the Russo brothers are pushing themselves you know, out of they've been in the Marvel genre for a while.
3: They got in a box.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Let's see what they can do in a further science fiction realm of things. So I'm extremely excited to see Uh, Alex Lopez over in the chat room has a really cool comment. This is like Lord of the Rings for robots. It Uh, it kind of sounds like it's an epic adventure um, to the scale of maybe ready player one meets Alita battle angel, you know, all these kind of combined. So I'm excited about that for sure. So absolutely.
2: It's funny you say Ready Player One, Joseph. Yes.
0: Oh, would you see what what I did there? A little (laughs) segue. Right to our
2: next topic. Uh, (laughs) uh, It took nearly a decade for Ernest Cline's Ready Player One novel to finally come to life on the big screen. Uh, Now, with Cline himself uh, noting that his sequel novel, Ready Player Two, is already in the early stages of being developed into a movie. He Mm. says it's in the early stages right now, especially since Hollywood is in limbo right now. That is true. But I can tell from the experience of making the first movie that everybody had a lot of fun. We talked about the possibility of there being a Ready Player Two when we were making Ready Player One. In Hollywood, you never know. I really tried my best to focus on just writing a sequel to my book. There are characters in the movie that are alive, that aren't alive in the book. I focused on trying to give fans the book without letting the film influence me. The movie... Will sort itself out later. Now, if you're asking my opinion, I thoroughly enjoyed the first Ready Player One. It didn't quite do as much at the box office as a lot of people were expecting. So, could that hurt sequel chances? Possibly. But again, maybe you bring Spielberg back, say, "Hey, man, you want to do a sequel and see what happens?" Because again, I just thought that fr- first movie was so much fun. Well, so many great I, I think and things like that.
0: I, I like what you just said there because it, it, it's it kind of ignited a little thought in my head about when Tron first came out in 1980. Yeah. It yeah. it flopped at the box office and it didn't really <laughs> catch its momentum until 25 years later. And it's like became a cultural icon of its time. I kind of feel the same way with Ready Player One. I kind of feel that the movie was so far ahead of its time and in terms of the storyline and everything, especially being adapted directly from a novel yeah. that I think in a couple of years or years down the road, it's going to reach that climactic pop culture awareness. Not to say that Ready Player One isn't already. It's already a phenom in the science fiction world. But like you said, with the sequel coming out, I think this is going to help with the momentum of people that haven't visited the franchise to go visit part one to see part two.
3: I'm I'm curious where they're going to take this story because part one was such a full circle, completed. It was, adventure it it was essentially a a gigantic scavenger hunt that ended in an epic way and so it's like where do where else do you go that's
0: a really good question jeff jeff poffenbarger over in the room says do you really think that spielberg will come back for ready player two um you know it's up to him and his load uh, his workload and what he's doing i mean but his fingerprint is all over ready player one yeah. And it would only make sense that the pop culture director icon himself come back, but who's to say?
2: Well, he opted not to do the next Indiana Jones film. That's James Mangold. So right. maybe if he does have a blockbuster in his future, this could be the world he returns be. to. Yeah. Um, and I think that would fit him well. I really do. I agree.
0: All right, Lindsey Badger, you're up.
3: Forward. All right, guys. Well, um, KFC of all,
0: <laughs> there's a Colonel Sanders finger uh, Sander licking Lincoln- good. Sorry.
3: decided to tip, to dip their toe into the gaming world. What? Like we all know. All right, so <laughs> they teased the reveal of their new gaming console, the KF console.
0: Can you see my? Right? Dis- um, can you see my reaction?
3: Ago, saying it would rival the next gen devices releasing this year. On Tuesday, the restaurant chain revealed more, and now we have our first look at the full. Is
0: this console. real?
3: It's, I, I I still think it's fake news. I mean, really, oh, it's just too outlandish. Delicious. Okay, so <laughs> a landing page on the Cooler Master website shows off different perspectives of the device and its features. The KF console is powered by the Intel. Is it nook? Nine. I yeah nook? Nook? yeah, yeah. yeah it will work
0: yeah. Yeah, go with it. And,
3: and it has a chicken. cheap view slot so you can uh, outfit your game console however the heck you want. And you can customize it to their device without falling behind on its technology <laughs> with the new graphics cards that come out. So oh, you, you can use this. It sounds like you can use it for life. Right. That's what it sounds like. And it use. looks
0: like it can warm your chicken strips all at the same time.
3: Clearly. Oh, um, it's got two terabytes of storage in the KFC console, um, rivals based models of both Xbox and PS5. All of no. the packaging into a case is designed by Cooler Master, resembles a bucket of KFC chicken. And alarmingly, while it does not have a way to cook your chicken, it seems it has a way to at least keep it warm. In what KFC Gaming and Cooler Master describe as a world first, the KFC console has a chicken chamber. Included in the design, <laughs> allowing the game console to keep your food warm using the
0: system. What the hell are we reading here?
3: Heat. Is this real?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Mike. Mike actually, does the news. In this yes.
3: article, it actually asks, just how real is this console? <laughs> I don't even know. Can it run Cyberpunk 2077 better than PlayStation 4 and Xbox One? The world may never know. Probably.
0: Oh my God.
3: Will this Will this reheat the console war as much as it heats your chicken? <laughs> Tonight at nine. No.
0: Film at eleven.
3: <laughs> Good lord, this is the most absurd yeah, thing I've ever heard.
0: Yeah, this has to be fake, man. This is—I'm not even going to like trouble you with the rest of this, Lindsay. I don't. I,
3: no, we're done. We skipped. Well, again. Yeah,
0: wait a minute. So, <laughs> <I'm>
3: just,
0: <laughs> Oh. You know, I mean. Oh, man. So this is a, a massive troll, obviously, uh, because KFC are master trollers, like they said over in the chat room. I can't remember who said that. But, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it was a uh, 123 uh, Rock fan. Uh, so, like, you know, they're masters. Are, you know how Wendy Wendy's likes to troll yeah. people on Twitter What's and shame you know? them? Uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of like that with KFC. It's a marketing ploy. So um, my hunch is this is nothing more than a... Uh, New Wave Air Fryer for your already purchased chicken. Um, and, uh, wow. Mm, wow. I have nothing else to say. Austin, I am mean, I'm, I'm really this, want to get Austin's take on this because I – Well,
2: could this be what – seriously, because we know the colonel, he was a very ambitious man. And he came from Kentucky, this, so – He did. So very – and then the this colonel, is – could this be what he always wanted? <laughs> You know what I mean? If Peter Griffin like,
0: made this, we might as well get a chicken we, fight with KFC.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, uh, Peter Griffin, Griffin got, here. Hello, uh, we got some chicken here.
3: Um, if you have an entertainment system that has doors on it and you turn your system on, you've already got this part of this feature that's built in already. Mike, what the, the hell?
0: It right on Mike, in. really, what the hell?
3: This is, this is mad.
0: <laughs> well, at least you have a tray to warm your... Your, your chicken strips and keep them nice and warm when you're playing Call of Duty. Well, and
2: the worst thing is when you're playing a video game and your fingers are greasy and I just feel like if there's chicken in the console, they'd always be greasy so then your controller would just get all nasty. Well,
0: maybe instead of water-cooled, it's grease-cooled?
2: Oh, that's that cool. innovation.
0: That is Thank you, Colonel. That is taking it to the next level. Okay. You, you know, I don't think we're going to entertain <laughs> this any much more than we have to, so we're going to move on. All right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, as the HBO Max app arrived on Roku last week, I guess Austin's extremely happy about that, aren't you, Austin? Yeah, have been such happy days. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it and it signaled the end of the DC Universe app on the service, as it has officially been removed even from Roku devices that already had it installed, so DC Universe is no more. Fans on Twitter have taken to social media to ask why it happened as well, but the announcement was made months ago after WarnerMedia confirmed that DC Universe would be getting a facelift in the first part of 2021. Technically, they didn't lie. They were just saying, oh, it's going to HBO Max. Um, That said, there was previously no announcement that the app would be disappearing so soon. Now, The Pivot is expected to have its initial January or January 21, 2021 launch, but before expanding globally in the summer of 2021, it will see the platform focusing more on the comic book experiences with a slew of new features and earlier access to buzzworthy titles. Now, DC Universe's original series included the Titans, Young Justice, Doom Patrol, DC Stargirl, Harley Quinn... Now they have all officially moved to HBO Max with new seasons already in development. Hence why we got Wonder Woman on HBO Max this past weekend. Yes. So so, uh, new content. I think anything from this point forward, HBO Max is going to be it for DC Universe.
2: Well, it's unfortunate because the DC Universe app was kind of a failure. Uh, if you look at what they expected versus what they got, now I personally love the comic book features that they had, and I'm glad they're sticking to that. It's pretty cool. Um, but I think when they announced HBO Max, we all kind of knew these shows were going in that direction, and all the better for it because it's going to open up uh, a brand new opportunity for for a bigger fan base. So I, I like that, and I like that they're going full DC uh, over on HBO Max. It's it's making us uh, well, you mean you really you, you
0: look at Disney Plus? Obviously, that's going to cater to Marvel. Lucasfilm, et cetera. You look at HBO Max, that's going to cater to DC and all the subgenres under that. Nothing wrong with that. I think it's a good, I think it's a good call. And, um, you know, the fact that we got Wonder Woman 84 at HBO Max this weekend, streaming for 31 days. It's pretty cool. It's pretty darn rad if you ask me about it. But, um, yeah, I think it's cool and I think, you know, a lot of people that sign up to HBO Max are going to have a really great opportunity to catch up on some of the old shows from DC Universe application, like Titans and stuff like that. So it's going to be cool, for sure.
2: Yeah, and I I think some of them are worth catching up on, absolutely. Um, So speaking of Warner Brothers and HBO Max, in early December, Warner Brothers rocked the film industry when the studio announced that its entire 2021 film slate Would follow the model established with the upcoming release of Wonder Woman 1984 uh, by by debuting next year's films both in theaters and on HBO Max at the same time on the same day wow it's crazy Uh, this announcement sparked a lot of controversy but more than that backlash and potentially even legal action as legendary pictures the production studio behind Dune (laughs) and Godzilla vs Kong is reportedly considering a lawsuit over the decision Now, a report suggests that it's possible Dune could end up reverting back to a traditional theatrical release in order to preserve its franchise potential, which makes a lot of sense because Denis Villeneuve in the past Mm. hasn't really flourished there. So that's kind of where they're going with that route. Uh, The solution to the fight between Legendary and Warner Brothers could be uh, that it goes back. And with the film currently set for an October 1st, 2021 release date, the idea is that with COVID-19 vaccines expected to be uh, distributed uh, through the general population by late spring of next year, uh, herd immunity may be achieved, making it theoretically safer to return to theaters and thus more likely that the public would be returning to normal. Sure. Sure at that time <laughs> we'll see uh this would not apply to legendary's other release godzilla versus kong which may stay with the hybrid release format due to its may 21st 2021 release date so i have plenty of thoughts uh, about this but uh, lindsey we'll start with you w- where are you at on this whole hbo max warner situation
3: i have i ha- well i have an opinion and a question I'll, yeah. I'll i'll pose the opinion first um i think that the fact that There's so many issues about being around large crowds of people Mm -hmm. that this is giving people the opportunity to see something that they wouldn't otherwise be able to. Yeah, I agree. So I feel highly grateful that they're trying to be flexible and be able to still provide entertainment in one way or another. But this, this comes back around to my question is, how are the box offices counting that because you know mm, it's like the big thing question is the sales the ticket sales and this yeah. is how you rank how good a movie is you know the highest sold movie of the year or whatever how are you counting those beans yeah and and i mean if you had for example wonder woman may not have been the best movie of the year but you know that probably ranked up there a little bit high but how are you going to count the streaming and the ticket sales and mush that together and and compare that to
0: five years ago? It's a big question. I mean, how do you get the royalties and and the film right property gross through a streaming platform when a lot of this industry has relied solely on the purchase or pre-purchase of a ticket? Right. Austin, I know that you have... A lot to say and add to this yeah. and i want to definitely pick your brain on this for a moment
2: Yeah, uh, well I'm, I'm a box office nut so I, i've always been paying attention for the last two to three years uh, just what movies make a big impact what movies make a splash what films you know grow so much more than their budget independent films blockbusters but we have to look at what that was up until 2019. Mm. kind of well i guess march of 2020 and kind of throw everything out the window at this point. Because we look at Wonder Woman's box office numbers this weekend, it does not touch the surface of what they would have been otherwise. But HBO Max, what they're going to have to do, uh, as well as Disney Plus and somewhat Netflix, but they're less the hybrid and more so just theaters for Oscar consideration, um, they're going to have to start formulating, okay, how does this do with our current subscribers? Um, How many... Are actually watching our movie or show and however they gauge that netflix is kind of sketchy with that it's like if they watch three minutes then it counts as a view yeah. personally i'm just like whatever hmm. but we'll see how how is, is is that a thing
0: it. austin if they watch three minutes it's a view
2: it is i don't know what the exact number is but it's just for netflix they say if you watch uh, at least it used to be a couple of minutes it counts as a view so when they give their okay you know 56 million people watch this well, really, fifty-six million people just watched the first few minutes. Well,
3: to, That's add, kind of, to add on to that too is that yeah. um, if Wonder Woman was released in the theater, I would go watch it. Yes. I wouldn't go watch it two, three, four, five times, but on HBO, yeah. you bet your bottom, I'm going to watch that movie at least two or three more times.
0: I had the pleasure well, of actually watching uh, Wonder Woman '84 in the theater on Christmas Day. Oh yeah. man, I was in. Um, have you ever heard of Studio Movie Grill? It is know, a it is. dine-in style. Um, it's you got a little button with a little uh, retractable tray, and you hit the button, and then you somebody will come up and serve you everything we from have burgers. One called
2: Movie Tavern, just like that. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, And so I was on Christmas night for, in a theater. So yeah. that was for, for nice. For
3: the full theater experience, I highly recommend that because it's super exciting—the yeah. whole culture, the atmosphere, the whole thing—that makes a movie let me, let
0: me just say Hans Zimmer's score in a theatrical no. setting. I anyway, say. yeah, it was pretty but, good.
2: Eaters. But essentially, well, Lindsay, you pose a good question. It's, I think rewatches are going to, and obviously a lot of the more casual audience members, they're going to go the HBO Max route, which I don't think will end after this year. I think they're setting this up for um, forever. Yeah. I, I think this is going to be the new way to do it. It's been in the works for a long time, but I think the, the, the pandemic kind kind of, of sped pushed sped up that yeah. pr- process, I kind of uh, to be that. honest. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah. I think COVID-19 I think is definitely...
0: That, but... I, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, Austin. No, you're fine. Um, I'm just saying that the pandemic kind of created an opportunity to try something that the industry hasn't done yet. But it's something that's been on the teeter-totter for the past five years as streaming platforms have... Grown, I mean, just Netflix alone, I just stopped there, has grown in such a way. Hulu and Netflix and all Prime and all these other companies, you know, what if the industry can make it on a streaming platform? And I think that's the big question is, and it's such a gamble, because this can literally make or break an industry. I mean, could we see Hollywood in the next five years go bust because all of this stuff is being privately funded and sourced through digital streaming platforms? I, I don't know. Oh, so
2: even even feige came out recently and said the future is in streaming and obviously he's talking about his disney plus shows and but, marvel <laughs> yeah but they're so aware right these big these big wigs they're so aware of where the industry has been going for a while and the They've fact been that this just it
3: for decades now they, they have I mean, and they knew it's inevitable yeah.
2: yeah and they knew so it's a thing and and what Lindsay said going back and re-watching it in a the theater well I mean, if you have access at home, and even if you do see it in a the theater the first time, do you really want to go back? I mean, I would personally, Yeah. but does the more casual audience want to do that? So box office forevermore has been changed, and uh, it's going to be tough to gauge in the future.
0: You know, and this is a really great conversation because we're literally setting up the framework for the, the, the last 30 minutes of the show, yeah. which is going to be our discussion solely on Wonder Woman. So uh, I'm going to pause here, guys. We're going to roll the spoiler alert warning. Now, if you've not seen Wonder Woman up until this point, we highly suggest and recommend that you pause the show and go watch it, and then you can come back at a later date and a later time and enjoy the rest of the show as we're going to be revealing some pretty heavy spoilers going forward, okay? So we'll be right back. Don't go nowhere.
1: Danger. You are about to enter a pop spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is
2: no return. You have been warned.
0: All right. You have been warned, and we officially entered into the main segment of the show where we do get to break down Wonder Woman 84. Now, um, there was a lot to unpack in this film. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of bad. And, you know, I think we're going to be talking... Let's talk about the good first. Um, and I, I, I'll I'll lead... Then Lindsay, then Austin, then Mike, in that order. If Mike wants to chime in, you can. I don't know if I don't know if Mike saw the show. I don't know if he has HBO Max or if he went to the theater this week. But it's all good. We're going to give him a, an opportunity. But for me, I thought that there was the backstory uh, in Themoskira and seeing her trying to be the warrior. I loved the opening part of it as the child trying to, and that you know only the truth will prevail, that she couldn't cut corners and she couldn't cheat on a race to try to win. she has to she had to do it truthfully. And the whole premise of the Amazonian tribe is based around truth and justice and and you know, you think about just everything that they're founded in and I, I just love that aspect and and I think the 80s aesthetic was very pleasing for me. Um, did they continue that aesthetic continually? Um, I don't even know if that's a word in in the continuity of the remainder of the film, aside from the opening 30 minutes, I kind of started seeing some very modern attire start to slowly filter in, uh, which was, uh, I was like, okay, why is she in a modern outfit that looks like it's based right out of the end of the nineties and not the eighties, you know? So there were some, there were some things there I was working through, but um, I think the, the premise of a, a woman in power and, and, uh, the vulnerability part was one of the big things for me is that even though she is a God killer, even though she is a superhero, she's still a woman. And it kind of goes back and harkens back to the Peter Parker complex, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, right? Uh, I think that's kind of in play here because she greatly loved the love of her life, Steve. And, you know, we all know the tragedy that happened with Steve in episode one, when he risked his life. But I think that, uh, overall, um, the, the overall theme was great. The color palette was great. Uh, the action and CGI sequences with Gal Gadot is amazing. Um, the score, Hans Zimmer, holy heck, his score was just amazing. Uh, anything Hans Zimmer puts out is just fantastic and beautiful. Um, so that was some of the highlights for me, and the fact that we did get to see how the Invisible Jet came to be. Yeah. That was kind of cool. I dug that. Uh, we're not going to go into the end scene credit, uh, credit spoilers just yet, but I uh, well, let's hop over to Lindsay Badger. And Lindsay, what were some of the pros that you enjoyed from the film? Um,
3: I, overall, I enjoyed the movie probably more than I would say the majority of people did, I think. Yeah. Um, I am with you, Joe. I really, really enjoyed that first intro where we start with her as a young girl and, and it shows... Okay, the actress her physical strength is yeah. phenomenal. Yep. Yeah. I my mind was blown. I was like, dang. That
0: Wasn't girl. that the same actress, little yeah. little child actress yes. from part one? I, I picked she, up on that immediately.
3: Was incredible, but I mean the the relationship between her and um oh my gosh, I can't remember which was her name? Her, her, her mentor.
0: Oh yeah, her her uh, tribe warrior. The one that pulled yeah,
3: her yeah, out. Yep, Robin Wright. That Raman relationship, just like, yeah. it's almost like a mothering, nurturing, but in a tough love sort of way. That just kind of kicked my my mom feels yeah. a lot, so I really could kind of connect with that. And I was like, yes, teaching those, okay, okay. those hard rules, those hot, hard lessons early. I'm loving that. Um, so that really kind of got me on board with the movie just right out of the gate. And then we go into the, the main time when we get back into the 80s and everything. Pedro was phenomenal in this movie. You mean Mando? As much as I wanted what to. What
0: a year Pedro's had. Holy oh crap. Yeah,
3: anyway, he is, he is rocking it. Okay, so that was, he was probably one of my, my favorite villains that I've seen in a, in a long time. I didn't want to hate him because I felt the reasons why he was doing it, but you know, we, we moved on um, and, and learned that he was just trying to. He's, he's just a sad man that needs some love anyway <laughs> so I really liked that and uh um cheetah I wish that they would have not rushed her transformation as quickly but Hold that thought on the, that, on the on the con, I con though loved, yeah love love loved that character in and, and that whole that whole her she was like probably my favorite
0: I was watching it's funny you said that, Lindsay, and I'm not going to interject on your thought because I want you to continue, but remember. Uh, uh, Andrew Garfield's second series in Amazing Spider-Man when we are introduced to Electro.
3: Yeah. yeah. Nerdy. Yes.
0: Accident happened. Yeah. Super villain.
3: Kind of parallel. Probably.
0: All right, go yeah. ahead, Lindsay.
3: So, um, I, do, I mean, I was with you, Joe. There, I wish there was a little bit more homage to the 80s decade there, Thank you. But there was the subtle hints.
0: A DeLorean would have been great. No, that's
3: a little <laughs> over the top. Hey, thanks.
0: come on. You come on now. The DeLorean's and I'm just messing. Ain't
3: no DeLorean. I'm just saying it wasn't a fit for this particular movie. We the had DeLorean the can fit. DeLorean. <laughs> oh, God. But I mean, woo, we, woo, had, woo. we had the American issue fanny pack. The fanny I pack. I not love the American issue fanny pack. I mean, I, come on. I, we I had the crazy hair and the Leo, the leotard, when the gym that's like the, the up to your ribcage yep. high bikini cut. Those are like massive nods to. I kind
0: of want to get on Amazon Prime and order a fanny pack.
3: (laughs) I'll buy you one for your birthday. Oh, Oh. with sparklies (laughs) on it. Yeah, I'll I'll bedazzle the heck out of that.
0: You bedazzle it. Anything else, Lindsay? um,
3: There there was a lot of nice, subtle pulls that I really enjoyed, but I thoroughly enjoyed the um, the wrap up of the love story mm. between her and Trevor because I felt like if they would have continued that, it would have just dragged. Right. So I feel like there was a good closure there that I really, even though I'm sad, but it, yeah. was, it was good.
0: Austin All right.
1: Burke.
3: Yay. Give me your pros.
0: Well, your pros, you then we're going to cons.
2: It's hard to be positive when you got a lot of people in the comments telling me I'm an idiot for liking the movie. What? But we'll be, <laughs> we'll be positive here. Who they
3: We'll beat them up real quick.
2: I'm telling you, I enjoyed this film. I did. Now, would I call it a disappointing experience compared to maybe the first? Maybe. Maybe. I don't think it's as good as the first. I don't. But I do think there is so much here to like. Um, And I used this word in my review, and it's the word that I'm going to continue to stick with, and that is ambitious. This Mm. is a very ambitious movie. Uh, Patty Jenkins really went for it in a lot of different aspects here. And, uh, you know... Pedro's villain is not necessarily a villain that a lot of people were hoping for. We were hoping for the focus to be on Cheetah, right? And that's where the action comes in. And then maybe he be kind of the guy pulling on the strings in the background. And that's how it is, but I think it's focused on him as opposed to focused on Cheetah. And we'll talk about that when we get to it, but in terms of what he gave us, the relatability and understanding where he's going and his mentality throughout the entire thing, I really liked it. And you're going to hear this word multiple times. He hammed it up. He's kind of hamming it up throughout the movie. But here's the comparison I made. It has this cheesiness. It has this kind of corniness all throughout the film that I think is appropriate for the decade, right? It's the 80s. It's kind of what we used to get in the 80s. We embrace that. We accept that. But it's also appropriate when you start comparing it to another hopeful, ambitious at the time kind of cheesy DC movie and that's Christopher Reeve's Superman. Mm. So that's I what this movie feels deal. like to me. And, yeah. that, and, and that's part of why I think this and not that it's this generation, clearly, you know, a lot of critics don't like and all this stuff. Yeah. But we haven't gotten a movie like this in a while. Something no. that's very self-aware and a little bit over the top at times. And it, and it uses the tropes, but it, it almost knows that it's using those tropes. And for me, I saw the film that went for something and maybe didn't quite get there. But it at least went for it, and it at least harkened back to at least the first time I've seen in a long time to a movie like the first Superman, where they say you you will believe a man can fly. And the scene in Wonder Woman that really got me is of course the scene, and we're spoiler alert the scene where she is flying.
0: Yes.
2: And I was truly moved by that sequence because there's this uh, there's this emotional impact that the story gives, and I think a lot of that comes from Steve Trevor's inclusion something I was very hesitant about because are you really going to bring him back? Well, they describe that, they explain that, and they bring him back in a way that makes sense, but you can tell she has felt so much for him over all of these years, but for him, it's been a second to a second. Yeah. A second. And they kind of reverse the roles this time around. He's the fish out of water. She knows how life works. So I I like that as well. Nice parallel. So, you know, even though, Obviously, some misses along the way. I think the overarching story is what worked so well for me, and what they went for throughout the film really worked. Maybe not as much action as I wanted to, and there is about a forty-five minute span of her outside the Wonder Woman outfit, but that is also just kind of learning about her character development. the time we get yes, and by the time we get to the end of the movie, I'm like, I, I believe it. I believe she can fly. So I, I bought that. Those are the things that I really dug, and obviously Hans Zimmer's score, which is
0: outstanding it is mike do you have anything you want to add or did you see the film
1: uh yeah i just i watched it last night and um i did watch it from home so, okay uh, cool to, yeah. we don't really have any theaters open here so okay. <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, you know so i was able to watch it in 4k so that was a bonus Ooh, to see it. Nice. yeah yes. so, was, um, so
0: what was some of the pros uh that before we go into cons
1: yeah. Um. Majority of pretty much everything was covered. The beginning, I I thoroughly enjoyed the beginning all the way. You know, the entire tournament. Uh, you know, and then to be, uh, you know, covered with the soundtrack. Was just it just kept going, mm-hmm. which was pretty amazing. And uh, that lead right into the the mall scene, which I thought was you know it kept the momentum of the movie going, which I kind of enjoyed. And then unfortunately, that's where it kind of fell off from me. So I'm just gonna fast fast forward through the middle towards the end and. About the time where she goes after um, Maxwell Lord in Egypt, that's where it kind of started to pick up, you know, as it was getting in towards the end of the movie for me, and it started to pick up again. But, uh, yeah, there were, uh, as far as the, I didn't kind of, you know, I wasn't sure how they would, I didn't introduce the invisible jet. I didn't kind of expect it to be that, (laughs) but it was still, you know, it was still good nonetheless, the way they did it.
0: That's cool, man. I'm glad you got to see it and stuff like that. And and you know, I'm hearing your heart on it, you know. And I kind of have to agree with you. There were some things on the '80s part that kind of feel flat for me. Um, you know, you are living in the '80s, and for me, after the mall scene, nothing felt like the '80s. Is that is that is that, that
1: find yourself that took place in the '80s? That, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, but the
0: surrounding area, the the wardrobe post mall scene nothing felt 80. now you would see the cars on the on the street street uh, you know in the scenes and you would see that those were from the period but um, for me it, it definitely there was a lot of things that definitely felt flat and for me the continuity of the overall and I'm an 80s guy all right so I will tell you this I'm an 80s pop culture historian and I'm a huge 80s enthusiast. I create 80s artwork for a living. And, uh, you know, and I'm looking when, 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 when they say 84, I'm looking for things from 84, you know, I'm looking for those nuances, those subtle nods to things that I grew up with that I can connect with. And, um, aside from the mall, uh, I didn't really see it. And then, you know, it's really funny though, because I'm seeing the resurgence of the malls and it kind of started with stranger things season three, when we saw the giant Demogorgon at the end of that. And then you're starting to see more of these retro mall scenes. I will tell you this much. In the new Call of Duty Cold War, which is set in 1983 and 84, one of the giant maps is a giant retro two-story Great Mall of America set in 84. And it's amazing, and you get to roam around on that. Then we fast-forward to this 84 Wonder Woman, another mall scene. And it's such it is really cool to see the nuances, the neon and you see the, the 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 trade yellow, orange and brown stripes that a lot of the malls would have on their decor and stuff like that. So I enjoyed that part of it. But for me, where the story really fell flat and we're going to start going into the cons part was definitely any time that you have a film that has multiple villains in it, there's going to be a a, a little bit of. I think it kind of sucks the life out of the storyline in a way. And I keep going back to Spider-Man 3 when we had Venom and Sandman and all these other enemies that really didn't need to be in the film. And it Was Cheetah, I think, Cheetah's role in the film, Kristen Wiggs character, I think I loved the nerdy part of her character and the quirkiness of her character. And then when she made The Wish, she started becoming more like Gal Gadot. And, I, you know, her ending and her demise was so swift and it was just like what was the whole setup of the character if we didn't have a thoughtful follow through on the end of Cheetah's character it was just literally like a 45 second battle in water and that's it boom no. you know oh I renounced my wish and she's back to normal you know I, anytime I think the problem is anytime you have multiple villains in a film the story is drug out the continuity is drug out and for me, that just kind of fell flat. You now, Max Lord's character, um, I kind of felt his character was way too freaking long. I think that there was a lot of things in there that they could have just taken out that really didn't need to be in there. But one thing I really wish they would have tapped into, and we got a little bit of that with his son, was the backstory. Why did, Why is he an oil tycoon? Is this the only job that he could get to that what he could make money with? Where's his wife? Where's where, what's going on with that? I think if they would have tapped in more to that aspect of his origin story, we would have been more emotionally attached to him at the end of the film and why he did what he did. Now, Austin, I want to go to you next. I, what do you feel about the Cheetah and the Max Lord uh, dynamic there?
2: Yeah you know cheetah was a very interesting inclusion and i think Wig did a heck of a job compared to i think a lot of people's expectations now it was that trope of oh glasses on not pretty glasses off pretty so yeah you know but that's again it feels very self-aware so that doesn't strike me as it falls into a cliche that strikes me more as oh i think patty just kind of you know it's kind of a little bit of a nod okay we've seen this before but let's see how she handles it so i, I like the fact that those Cheesy things were included because it goes with the tone. But then you get to that final fight, and to me it feels like Cheetah was only there to give her someone to physically fight at the end because the actual villain was Pascal's character. And um, like you said, I do believe that was a little overlong as well. I think they could have done more with him focus-wise to shorten the movie because at 2 hours and 30 minutes, I think was way too long. But then you have that battle at the end that literally just feels like it's there only because, well, she needs someone to fight. Well, we've got him. Let's throw in a, a cheetah, build her up for a couple of scenes. Boom, there we go. And that takes nothing away from her performance, but it's there for a sole purpose, and I don't know if that purpose was, you know, something that was effective in terms of a lot of... Because a lot of people are looking for action in this film. Yeah. And other than a couple of scenes, you're not going to get it. Now you get the heartfelt, you get the 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 glorious Wonder Woman moments, they're powerful. And I thought the highway scene was interesting. But other than that, I think from an action standpoint, it was disappointing. Um, I still enjoyed Pascal's character quite a bit. I love the fact he was over the top and and it gets so much better at the end. And you believe when he's renouncing his wish, this and that. Um, but I kind of want Mike was saying, the journey, and I mentioned that 45 minute span of her not being Wonder Woman and to just being Diana and Kristen Wig and this and that. That's kind of where the movie
0: started to fall flat. And, and, and let, me, let me follow on that. We'll go to go to Lindsay next. Um, I, I kind of feel, I, I definitely echo everything you said. And I will say this, by the time we're introduced to uh, Pedro's character, um, probably at the 40 minute mark, I could already pinpoint the finale in the act three. I was like, okay, at some point, he is going to have to renounce all of this and return back to himself and go after his son. And guess what? Very predictable yep. for me.
3: Yeah.
0: And then we go back to Wonder Woman Part One, Patty Jenkins' first installment, and we didn't know that Ares was the guy with her at all times. We didn't know yeah. that. And then the reveal of the enemy was like, what? And that made the battle that much more epic that the god of war was beside her the entire time in the, in the uh, British embassy. You know, that was impactful, but, I mean, Pedro's performance was stellar, and so was Kristen was. Wiggs. But I think that the way that the two stories intertwined and mingled, when you get two villains in a film, it's hard to focus on two at the same time. It, is, yes. it takes away from the lead character, which is Wonder Woman, Lindsay Badger. What's your thoughts?
3: Um, boys, I will agree with you. There did need to be some fat trimmed off of some of these roles and storylines and maybe fleshed out a little bit of Cheetah, as I had mentioned earlier. Um, I didn't like how they rushed the relationship development between Wonder Woman and Cheetah as well. They they were like, she started her first day and they were best friends by the end of the day. It did feel rushed. What? No, that's not how this works. And then, you know, they're trying to, she's trying to emotionally connect with her and on, you know, giving up the wish and stuff. And I'm like, why are you surprised she left the room? She don't care about you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So there's, there's some, some disconnection in belief that their relationship is what they claim it to be because there wasn't enough development on all levels for Cheetah. I feel like she got cheated. So, um. I say what you did there. Anyway, I know. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Also, um, because we are, we are just. On the coattails of the release of the end of the Mandalorian in that end scene with the hand touching, (laughs) I I felt that it was a little bit corny, even though I'm sure it was not intended to be. We've got some Grogu Mando with the, with the, um, with the max and the sun having that face touching emotional moment Mm kind of took it away from me. That, that, that I, that connection just because it was like, dude, I just saw this like 24 hours ago. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) just without, you know, mask off a little bit of love. So um, I feel like he I agree with you guys that there should have been maybe some more thoughtful choices in editing down his his storyline a little bit. But um, also with with um, Steve Trevor, do we feel like the aerospace museum was necessary in the storyline?
0: There's a I lot like that isn't necessarily... A that out. There's a lot of that. Also that. The,
3: okay, here's probably the one thing that kind of ticked me off is who in their right mind in the Smithsonian would leave fuel in a jet <laughs> and the keys ready to go somebody stealing a big ass jet to go fly
0: that's a definite was good...
2: one of their was it one of their wishes <laughs> did someone make a wish
0: no. She's like, oh, this is this is before it. this is before max max lord got <laughs> oh, into I the wishing yeah, but that is this, funny though why would there be fuel after, tanks
3: after she walks him through the history of aeronautics which was i understand the point but it was not necessary for the storyline necessarily necessarily and, necessarily necessarily and so she's like oh here let me just wave my badge and give you a jet yeah. simply because i work here that's not how this works and it's that that was something that was extremely unbelievable and felt the storyline getting rushed a little bit That was i understand the yep. point
0: that was very unrealistic yeah. though that now that you so, point that out i mean why would there be jet fuel yeah. at the smithsonian I,
3: actually, I believe i said that out loud when i was watching it with my husband i was like who is fuel in a jet? And then she's like, oh, just pick one. So just pick all of them one. were fueled apparently. Wow,
0: Mike Ippolito, what were some of your cons, man? I know that, uh, you, you said you mentioned earlier that you had a couple.
1: Oh uh, yeah. Right after the uh, mall scene, just where I kind of fell off, uh, many too, too many cab rides. That was <laughs> unnecessary. It was every time Fair you found that they were getting out of a cab or she was hailing a cab. Yeah. You know, that was, it was not necessary to have all that in there. Um, and as far as the invisible jet, when they kind of was, they, she kind of went in there and she walked out and she, she went to the planes. And I'm going. The thing is probably sitting there because nobody can see it. And then for them to just get in, getting one of the jets take off and then make it invisible wasn't what I was hoping for. I figured the jet would have been there and they just kind of got in it. You know, that's kind of where I was, you know, hoping for that. But. but nonetheless, um, how
0: did you feel about the whole enemy dynamic that we were just discussing
1: it focused too it focused too much on maxwell Lord. It was like the the Barbara story was like thirty seconds and then it was like ten minutes of maxwell lord and 30 seconds of Barbara It was just it, you could have they could have done both villains you know giving them equal amount of time, but just like from i guess in the trail you you thought that it was her against Barbara in, the, in in the whole part of the movie and then Maxwell Lord was kind of like the, the back end villain, the, like kind of the back villain. Initially, that's how I thought it was playing out, you know, and that's where my disappointment. Was I, I kind
0: of did get that at the beginning, though. I was like, I thought that um, Maxwell Lord was going to be the sub enemy and Cheetah was going to be the mate because she's going to be the hybrid supervillain, right? She's got the, the powers.
2: Or almost like Palpatine pulling the strings and Darth Vader is the one that we face and that's yeah. what it felt like, but it I guess it kinda ended up being that, and, but not really because of the character development. And know? and
0: over in the chat, uh, Sims3 Reality Central makes a really good point. How did Maxwell Lord know about the stone in the first place? I well, mean, we see all the documents.
3: They explain that whenever um, uh, she and Steve go to the office and they see all the documents.
0: Yeah, but how did he know about it?
3: Researching it out, like originally How did he
0: find it? I mean, sure, he had diagrams and, and sketches of it in his office, but how did he find out about a, a relic that was made from the gods?
3: Well, it, they had found it in multiple cultures. He probably just stumbled
1: upon it. And,
0: Possibly, so. but yeah. they needed to explain that. You know, would've...
1: it would have been much better for them to you know explain that story.: Yeah, you know, to, you know them, you know, Diana and, and Steve fishing around the office for 15 minutes, you. know, I, that's...
0: I kind of felt if they would have done like Wonder Woman 84 with Cheetah and then Maxwell Lord with Wonder Woman Three.
1: Mm.
0: It kind of would have been a better film because you would have had more attention and more empathy to the villain. Does that make sense? And not just slight an enemy or a villain because they only get 35 seconds of screen time in their finale. And it's not... And nobody is saying anything about... Did anybody notice that CGI of Cheetah was totally changed in the finale of the film? Go back and, go back and look at the trailer from a year ago. And look at it today on HBO Max. It's two different total CGI templates. Wow. Interesting. Because in the original trailer... She has a full-on cat nose and fur all over her face—not just paint.
3: Was anyone surprised on her performance? Because I was—I was skeptical of her because she's, you know, traditionally a comedian and she does comedic roles. So to pull off a cheetah as well as she did, I kind of felt like she rocked.
2: Her. I thought she did great. I, I thought I don't Kristen Wiig yeah. utilized her well, but I thought she did great. Yeah, really
1: Her
0: could. performance is solid. Her <laughs> performance is great, even in the Ghostbusters reboot. Even though that was kind of what it was. Her performance was stellar. I think Kristen yeah. Wiig as a as she can do she can do dramatic, she can do comedy, she can do in between, and she's a very versatile um, person. Uh, over in the chat, band is like, eh, "How does everybody feel about the runtime? Honestly, too long. It's too long. I think it's way too it's long. It's too long. Yep. Yeah. it's absolutely. Too we needed a two-hour movie, maybe two ten, but two thirty. There's a lot of stuff they could have trimmed off there, for sure. I'll tell you
2: one thing I like that they did. I I like that they made wonder woman vulnerable in a believable way talking physicality because you know they explain in the movie you start to lose what means the most to you and that is her strength so y- you always have to kind of find ways these superpowered individuals that are overly powered to kind of dumb down their powers or make it to where they are physically vulnerable and i thought that was one of my favorite parts of the movie i'm like yeah it so you it, could it say steve more interesting.
0: steve was her and, kryptonite
2: and then steve and and you know what my favorite part of the movie was Steve's inclusion, and I just didn't think that was going to be the case. Man, that scene, that when they leave, that was very emotional for me. And I that thought it was, was great, but that's a testament to Chris Pine and, of oh. course, Gal, their acting. It
1: was great. Yeah,
0: they those two him. do have chemistry. chemistry. It's a shame yes. that his character was, you know, we have a finished role of his character. I Mike, know. I want to go back to Mike for a second. Do you have anything else that you want to add in terms of everything in grand scheme of things? Is there anything else that just jumped out at you that... You no, enjoyed or you didn't like?
1: Quickly going back to the runtime. I mean, if they would have filled the middle part of the movie a lot better, the two and a half hours wouldn't have been bad. But it just, it just drug along, you know, through the middle yeah. of the movie. If they filled it better, it would have been, it should have been a two hour movie by trimming out a lot of the unnecessary stuff in the middle. But if they had like some little backstory to where it kept the, the momentum of the film going, two and a half hours would have been fine.
0: Yeah, I agree. Good call, man. Good call. Um, Any closing thoughts, guys? I mean, Lindsay, Austin, Mike, anything that you guys want to add?
3: um, I feel like uh, this this coming out off of a first movie that raised the bar so high for the DC Universe Mm
1: -hmm.
3: (laughs) that I feel like the expectations were a lot higher than probably should have been for
0: mm-hmm. a sequel. Mm-hmm. I agree.
3: So I want to kind of keep that in perspective whenever I'm rating this movie because it was not a bad movie. No. it is. It does not deserve all of the negative comments that I've been The lowest it, IMDb maybe.
2: score of any DC movie thus far in the universe?
3: I don't think that's fair. I, I mean, I there's a lot low. of things wrong with it, but there's a lot of great things with it too. I feel like it should ride in the middle because it obviously... Who said the lowest
0: score?
2: It's the lowest IMDb score of any DCEU movie so far.
3: So, um, what? I, I feel like yeah. that's not fair for, for all I didn't realize that. that. So...
2: Lower than Suicide Squad. Oh,
3: that's so... No. That's
0: no. what Twitter said.
3: I, I don't feel like it was worse than... Jeff
0: Suicide Squad was crap.
2: <laughs> yes, it was, wasn't it?
3: So, um... Yeah. I keep that in mind because I was doing backflips of celebra- celebration for the first movie because it was such an amazing movie and I had high hopes for this movie and I was I it, it did fall short for me but it was nowhere near as bad as some other movies.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think you know, kind of bringing this funneling this down to some final thoughts here. I think that Patty Jenkins was extremely ambitious okay. in the story of this and wanted to create something special. And, um, you know, a director will never know if it's hit or miss until it's actually created. You will never know the mistake. You will never know the folly. Um, and and is, it, is Wonder Woman a flawed movie? Yes. But is it a bad movie that deserves the lowest rating on IMDb of all the DCEU? Absolutely not. And I think uh, you see other films in the DC franchise. Crap. You know, let's, has anybody even said anything about Green Lantern?
2: <laughs> now that that's,
0: that's, a, a, that's a beautiful thing. But even Marvel has its flops. You go back to four years ago the remake of Fantastic Four, yeah. that's that's one film I will not buy or own in my collection of Marvel Cinematic. I mean, it's not even included, so there is that.
1: I'd rather watch Roger Corman's version before that. Oh, Lord, have (laughs) mercy. I've
3: I've also read comments about, oh, it's too campy, it's too cheesy. I'm like, I'm sorry. Have you watched the original TV show? That is like, I can't even make it through the first episode. Was saying, really? Yeah. Here's the thing.
2: Here's the thing. This this movie requires, and and I don't, honest to God, I don't blame people for maybe not being as strong and passionate as mean in a mean way, like they have been to me a little bit. But I feel like this movie requires a bit of a brain adjustment before you go into it because Wonder Woman in the comic and comics, and Joe, you know this, is yes. distinctly two different characters. Yes. You have the darker version that relies a bit more on the tropes that we saw in the first movie. Then you have the more campy, love, hope, doesn't fight as much uh, version that we saw in the original television show. And I think that's. Part of the reason why we got that mid credit scene yeah. and it's part of the reason why they put that TV show on HBO Max to go along with this movie is because it is campy. It is cheesy.
0: So
1: and
2: that brain adjustment <laughs> and that brain adjustment has not been made by a lot of people but here's the thing, they didn't know they had to make that. I had heard that a little bit before I went into it just cuz some of the some of my peers in the industry so I said I'm expecting a cheesy movie. And I got a cheesy movie, right? But if you're looking for the first film, my dad watched it. Joe, my dad let me know. He said, listen, I just don't like it as much as the first. And I'm like, yeah. you are not in the minority. No, I think everyone's kind of in that camp. If you wanted that version of Wonder Woman, a campier Wonder Woman, then I think you're going to love this show. I do. But if you didn't want that, like I think all of us a bit underwhelmed, you're not, you're not going to get that version. And it's unfortunate for some, but at least... At least we now have both versions and we can see which one we like the right. most, right?
0: It's almost as if Wonder Woman 84 is the Ragnarok of the MCU. Yes. You know, it's kind of like, Clubber. yeah, won't well, go again. No, yeah, Ragnarok's great. <laughs> but you know what I mean, though? Up until that, we didn't see Thor in, t- in more of a comedical, relaxed role. Right. And it felt like yeah. Wonder Woman was in more of a campy relaxed role and of course the Linda Carter cameo at the end was just stunning um, as she is uh, assuming the role of the original warrior who who wielded the the armor uh, yeah. in the in the in the mid middle of the movie they were talking about the backstory of the original warrior and oh, okay. uh it, you know the moment I saw those green eyes I was like it might that, that kind of looks like. <laughs> but I didn't, you know. I was like there's no way she's going to do this but uh, what is the ca- Asteria I think is her name
1: uh, As- I think you're right
0: Asteria yeah. Um, so yeah it's pretty cool to see her and you know if there's any continuations of the Gal Gadot series there's definitely going to be some pretty interesting and I might i will add for 70 years old Linda Carter she's is looking stunning so good, man. she is amazing man she's held up well uh, yeah. Mike is all smiles on that comment. He's like, "Yep, yes, yeah, she does." Yeah.
3: Well, if, I, I'll reiterate again: if you have not seen any of the episodes of the original TV show, please just don't watch they're the on first.
0: HBO Max right the, now.
3: The first one explains basically um, the first Wonder Woman movie is recovering the pilot episode of the TV series, and it's actually right there on HBO Max. Yeah.
0: Well, as we wrap this up, guys, I want to say I want to leave you guys with one closing thought. Um, When you go to the uh, cinema and you go to the theater to see a movie, always never have a level of expectation. Never read a review ahead of time or, or, or try to spoil yourself with things that doesn't really mean anything. I think when you enter the theater yourself with an open mind and if you're entertained, then the movie succeeds on some level and i think that is definitely true for wonder woman yes there's 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 moments and there's things that are just kind of like all over the place but to be honest yeah. with you i was thoroughly entertained there was moments in that movie that made me feel wow that was really impactful when she's flying and she's roping on bolts of lightning throughout the atmosphere that was very dynamic and 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 i enjoyed that i was entertained by that and then hans zimmer's score just added to the whole you know, collective vibe of the film. And so remember that when you go any movie that you may, 2021, as we go back into the theaters and things start to open up, just always remember that one thing. Uh, am I going to end this film to be entertained? And that's why you're probably bought the ticket in the first place. You want to be entertained. And, um, you know, as me and Austin always say, we, we do this and we pull these things apart because that's what we do. We love to review films yeah. and we love to review things that we're extremely passionate about. It's kind of yeah. what we do. Um, but at the end of the day, as Joe and Austin Burke and Lindsay and Mike, are we all entertained by the fact that this film was good? Yes, we are. We enjoyed it. And we enjoyed it so much that we're able to lovingly pick it apart and part, dissect it. it. And but remember that, okay? But all right, And, and
2: even, those, even those that didn't love the movie, I, I found some criticisms that I've been like, you know what, you've either kind of convinced me or at least made me look at it from a different perspective. Right. So, so don't ever be afraid to, if you didn't love a movie, share your thoughts. But like Joe said, lovingly, I think, is the way we should all go about it. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, hate a movie, love a movie. I just did my top 10 best, and then I did my top 10 worst. And I tried not to come off as hostile. I mean, I've seen bad movies this year really bad i gave my first zero percent this year but i oh. did um the murder of nicole brown simpson but that right. you know what even that even that movie you have to be as loving and and because that's the beautiful thing about being a movie fan a movie critic is uh they're all subjective yes. we can all feel differently or we can all feel the same way but at the end of the day there are so many great films and great experiences to be had. And that's one of the reasons to get excited for 2021 because we have a lot of great things coming out,
0: hopefully.
3: I, lo- I love having these conversations with you guys and even the people over in the chat, too. They bring mm-hmm. up fantastic points. For and sure. Kind of
0: the chat has been on fire and tonight. Shift
3: my own view. They molded shift my own view from what I originally came in today to talk with you guys. And like, there's, there's, Solid points there, boys. Good job. I agree. That's
0: what we do what we do. And also, with all things like that, we're going to wrap this thing up. Austin, take us out, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, we appreciate you guys so much for joining us today. I'm Austin Burke at The Birkinator. You guys can search and find me on the interweb, Twitter, Instagram, all those things. We are part of a, the newly formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse for more great media, content, artwork, and more, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Creative Multiverse. If you are a creative, you produce content, or you have a talent, we want to see it. And we would like for you guys to share it with us in the multiverse, Pop X Cast.
1: And, like, uh, I mean, real quick, if we did not give a score. Oh, crap. We, we do that all the
0: freaking time. All right. Um, I will give this a 6.8. I'm, I'm going to
3: go with a solid 7.
0: A solid 7.
1: Go ahead, Mike. Uh, I'm going to go with an 8 because um, I like to see. Uh, I am having given up on Patty Jenkins. I want to see what else she's got. I think uh, there it, will be more good stuff coming out. From I like that, Mike. I like that.
2: I, I think I originally went with a 7. I think I'm going to go with a 6.5. Um, just adjust it's kind of, you know, you guys brought up some really good points tonight that made me think. Uh, but, again, 6.5 to me says uh, you can still enjoy the movie, and I saw a lot of good in it. And I'm excited that Patty Jenkins is returning to the franchise.
0: Now, wasn't your original score a 70%? It
2: was a 70. So I think I'm lowering that to a 65, just some of the points that you guys brought up tonight. But I think that's as low as I'll go. I, I yeah. still thoroughly enjoy yeah. it. Well.
0: All right, so there fair we time. go.
3: I feel like that's a fair score all around.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do too. So what was the Lindsay's? Lindsay's was a 7. seven? Okay, 6.8, seven 8, and 6.5. Seven. So there you go. All right, Lindsay, you're up.
3: All right. Well, on the PopX front, if you would like to connect with us on social medias and the worldwide netwebs and all that, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and even Pinterest, if you so choose, all at PopXCast. Make sure you send all of our comments and suggestions over to us via email at PopXCast at gmail.com. Also, for future and past shows, visit our official website, www.PopXCast.com. That's
0: exactly right. And, you know, it, we this has been such a great show, and what a great show to kind of end 2020 on. Uh, 2020, man, oh, my God, this freaking year, I'm telling you. Um, this has been the least amount of episodes that cast has produced because the film industry has literally went to crap. Um, yes, and so um, but you know what 2021 is looking so promising Um, I hope Mike's got that graphic ready because we're getting ready to drop our next episode that's happening in literally just a couple of weeks but I am Joseph Burke at Joseph Burke Arts all over social media and uh, of course hats off to my amazing team Pop ex, Lindsay, Austin and Mike guys I could not do this show without you and you guys are little, oh, <laughs> freaking love it oh my god you just <laughs> today would have been Stan Lee's 98th birthday.
3: It was today? Today.
0: If he would have lived, he would have been 98. God bless you, Stan Lee. Um, Man, you get me all the feels here, Mike. I was on a roll until you hit that crap up. You can't be doing (laughs) that to me mid-show. Freaking love, Stan Lee. Um, Damn, I just lost my whole train of thought. Um, But uh, join us next time on episode 113. On January the 10th, As we review Cobra Kai season three review. Now Cobra Kai launches over on YouTube. That's right. January the first. So we are hitting the new year with a brand new season of Cobra Kai. And Austin, you just reviewed this today. You dropped it.
2: I'll tell you this: it is a it's an episode that we are going to have an absolute blast with. Stay tuned. I
0: can't wait. Well, you've got a, you've got a couple of weeks to catch up on one and two, and we will be back on the, the 10th to celebrate not only Cobra Kai season three, but January the 10th. Lindsay and I were talking before the show will be Pop X Cast's official five year anniversary wow. on the date. We, our first episode was January the 10th, 2016, and this will be January the 10th, 2021. Five years of Pop X Cast. Oh my gosh, that is that was so back crazy! When I
2: was an avid listener and not a contributor,
0: dude. <laughs> right? I'm telling you, you're, you're here, man. But uh, it's gonna be a great episode. And from all of us here, happy new year! Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And you know what? We we truly love you guys. You guys are the backbone of why we do what we do. Take care, and we will see you next time right here on PopEx Cast. Thanks for listening to Cast. As you're enjoying listening or viewing our shows, please consider clicking on the subscribe button to our feed and click the get notifications buttons so you don't miss out on great future content. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash popxcast and on Instagram at popxcast. And be sure to drop us an email anytime at popxcast at gmail.com. For more great content, check out the Creative Multiverse, where science, art, and imagination come together with artistic talents. The Creative Multiverse can be found on Facebook groups under the same name. We'll see you next time. Get your geek on!